avoiding the puddle. My name is Eris, and I'm here as usual with MIK. What's up, Mike? What's up, Eris? How you doing, man? Uh, a little bit sick, but uh, I guess I'll do all right. <laughs> and no shit, you and me both. I don't know what is going on, but I've been sick for like two weeks now, and you know, and you're sick, and everyone's fucking sick, and here in Southern California, I don't know what's going on, but the <laughs> weather's all fucked up, and it's cold, and it's hot, and so yeah, we're we're battling it out. We're we're trying to get put those white blood cells to work and shit, but we uh, get a very important episode of Avoiding the Puddle out to you guys because um, we have some interesting announcements to make. Make First of all, um, I would like to welcome everybody to the new website, AvoidingThePuddle.com. And uh, I kind of wanted to take this opportunity to kind of let everyone know what the deal is and what to kind of expect from AvoidingThePuddle.com. Now, um, the reason I wanted to start up a website, um, a new website, is because there is, I feel like there's a lot of um, other fighting game related news that um, kind of falls under the cracks because there, you know, there isn't exactly someone that's on top of this kind of shit right now. And because there's so many big uh, Tekken related games coming out so soon, I thought we might, uh, it might be a good time to get this new site up with a lot of Tekken. Um, related topics and Tekken, uh, you know, information. You know, with all these sites coming up, you know, I, I thought now was a great time. And as far as what to expect, um, kind of my inspiration was, uh, I don't know if you guys know about iPlayWinner.com, but uh, it's one of my favorite websites, and um, it's kind of what you can expect is an iPlayWinner.com that focuses on Tekken instead of Street Fighter. So, uh, I mean, I, I, you, you frequent iPlayWinner, right, Mike? Uh yeah, shout out to Hans. <laughs> yeah, Hans he's he's a he's a great guy. He's a very smart guy, and he's been helping me out uh and helping us out getting our website started and everything. Uh, and then he's pretty much my inspiration. So when it comes to avoidingthepuddle.com, you can kind of think of it as a website version of the podcast. I mean, whatever the fuck we feel like talking about, we're gonna talk about. It doesn't have to be Tekken. It could be strategies. It could be Mortal Kombat, Virtual Fighter, fucking. Whatever, you know, if I tried some, you know, really good cheeseburger out, I'm going to talk about it, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, it's kind of what you can expect from the website, and, you know, stay tuned, because we got a lot of content uh, lined up, uh, we got a few ideas for some apparel, because I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of all these um, Street Fighter shirts I keep seeing, you know, so we're going to get some Tekken shirts up, you know, and we're going to get some apparel going on. We're also going to have some giveaways. Uh, the real-life Street Fighter versus Tekken. <laughs> yeah, no shit, no shit. Uh, we're also going to have some giveaways. Um, Mark Mann was very generous to, uh, you know, hook us up with some stuff we could give away for you guys, and we'll, we'll have a lot more information on all that stuff in the future, but I just wanted to let everyone know about, uh, you know, the website and, uh, you know, check back for future podcasts and all that shit. Now, that all that stuff said and done, Let's get back to the, you know, the usual, you know, what we talk about on this podcast. Now, first of all, I'm very pleased to welcome on Mr. Naps, or Emphy in the Capcom universe. Um, we, we got an interview with him, and he's going to be on the podcast later, and we're going to talk all about Brian and all about uh, his experiences in Tekken and Street Fighter. And, you know, I, I'm very, uh, you know, I've spoken to this guy uh, several times, and he's a really interesting guy. And he has a lot of interesting views on fighting games and stuff. 
So it's a really good interview, and um, stay tuned for that later. But before we get to that, um, as usual, we have a couple things that we want to cover. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is tournament confidence. Now, a couple weeks ago, I watched this video called, I think it was called The Road to SCR. It was like a yeah. documentary. Did you see that, Mike? Yeah, it's like the, it's like, it's like, I think it has like two parts. I think it's supposed to be three parts, but it's basically a documentary on a couple of the guys in the Street Fighter scene and pretty much showing them, you know, how they prepare for this major tournament, such as, you know, SoCal Regionals and stuff like that, so. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, I had actually not heard of two of the guys that were on the documentary. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't really, I mean, apparently I've, I've been around them at Wednesday Night Fights and shit, but I never really knew who they were, but it was an interesting uh, documentary, but one of the main, um, I guess, interviewees of the documentary was James Chen, and everyone knows James Chen uh, to be a very uh, knowledgeable Street Fighter player, an OG player, and uh, one of the best commentators for Super Street Fighter 4 uh, today. Now, um, you know, he talks a lot about all his experiences and all that stuff, but one thing he said kind of, it really, uh, it struck me as awkward. And what he said was, he thinks his biggest problem uh, when it comes to kind of breaking into the elite level of a fighting game player, his biggest problem is confidence. And he says that when he enters a tournament, he has this mentality of, oh, you know, I really hope I don't play this guy, or I hope I don't run into this guy, or hopefully I don't play a Balrog player, because apparently Balrog is a, a bad matchup for Kami, and uh, James Chen is a Kami player. So when he kind of said that, it kind of, uh, obviously, the first thing I thought of was, wow, you know, if a player like James Chen, who's been playing for so long, is lacking this fundamental, like, just this crucial part of your uh, skill set. If he's lacking that, then God knows who's lacking this this you know essential part of the skill set. I mean, he's a he's a pro. He's been playing forever, and this is a problem for him. So, I presume many many players have this issue, and I wanted to talk about it. But then when I was thinking to myself uh, how I would articulate you know tournament confidence, I kind of realized that. You have to think about what are you confident in. For example, let's say I'm a, you know, I'm myself. Let's say, okay, I myself, Eris, walk into a, a tournament match against someone who I think is better than me. In this case, I'll use Mr. Naps because he's on the show today. Now, I've played Mr. Naps in tournaments several times, and I have beaten him in tournaments, and personally, I think he's way better than I am at Tekken. I think he's way sharper. I think his reflexes are better. And I think uh, he's able to adapt faster than I am. But I have never thought that I can't beat him in a tournament setting. Every time I've played him, I've thought to myself, there is no doubt in my mind that I can beat this guy in two out of three games. Now, that's what I wanted to articulate here. You can't just be confident in whether you're good or not, because in some cases, you're not better than the guy you're playing against. You know, it's just, there's no question about it. So don't even think about being confident in that, because you're wrong. And you don't want to be wrong 
What you want to be is just accurate. So when you enter a tournament match, what you have to do is you have to think to yourself, okay, who is this guy? How good is he? How good am I? And what do I have to do to beat this guy that's better than me? And whether that's whether the answer to that question is, you know, gimmick him out or, you know, pick pick a character that he doesn't know or, you know, it, it the answers to that question are endless. But it is very achievable to beat someone that's better than you. And an interesting thing is I spoke to JLP, who is I, he was on the podcast a few episodes ago, and I respect him very much. And he told me that he thinks he hates winning against people that are uh, unfamiliar with his character. Like that doesn't feel like a win to him. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because uh, what was that one tournament? Uh, Seasons Beatings, the Street Fighter tournament, right? Uh huh. The one where Gamer B got first place, and then he had to play Momo Cheese Ken in uh, the grand finals. And uh, in an interview after he won, he said that, uh, you know, everyone was all congratulating him. Congrats on first place and stuff like that. But what Gamer B said was that uh, the win didn't really feel like a win because Momochi really didn't know how to fight against Adon. And, you know, it's just the inexperience against that character uh, that got him the win. So it doesn't really feel like a re- true victory to him. So That's funny because I've heard several players now say that. And I gotta say, that is the biggest whore shit I've ever heard in my whole fucking life. <laughs> I mean, do you realize? I mean, and you talk to any war general, any strategist, any fucking anyone who knows half of what they're talking about, and they would just barf. They would just vomit if you said that. You know, it's like, give me a fucking break, dude. You, this is war. This person you're playing against is just like. Supposed to be in your mind like the scum of the fucking earth, you know, and you just want to crush him. And you're going to be like, oh, man, you know, I don't feel good about that. I don't know if I told you about this, Mike, but um, Renacon, when he played you in Texas, and he squeezed out the victory, I don't know how, but he squeezed out the victory. He came up to me in the lobby, in the main uh, MLG lobby, and he came up and he was like, oh, man, you know, I don't know how I did it. Uh, I beat MYK. I don't know how I did it. I feel bad. I slapped him in the face. Literally. <laughs> I slapped him in the face. And, and Matrix Matt was sitting right next to us. And he was like, God damn. I slapped him. <laughs> and I mean legit. I slapped him. I could have gotten kicked out for that. But regardless, I mean, that is exactly how I feel. And if Gamer B said that shit to my face, I would slap him too. I don't even know the fucking guy. And I'll slap him. You have to take every victory, regardless of what the reasons are for getting it, you have to take them as a victory. It's a W, and that's all that counts. You don't, you, you're, you're not in the business of making friends here. Okay, You make friends when you're not playing. So I couldn't disagree more with uh, Gamer B and JLP. Um, if I'm sitting down and I'm playing someone, you know, I, I can't think of anyone in particular right now, but... Let's say I'm sitting down and I'm playing someone who is unfamiliar with Dragonoff. And I realize, oh man, this guy doesn't know how to duck this string. Or doesn't know that I'm plus on block here. Do you really think I'm going to be like, oh man, you know, I don't want to do that to this guy. I'm not going to use that move. Because 
He doesn't know Dragon. Give me a fucking break, dude. I'm going to do that shit over and over again and show this guy that you better go home and do some homework. <laughs> that, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? I mean, um, this kind of goes back to chivalry, which we've covered in the past, but it also links to confidence. Now, uh, what do you think about it's this? It's interesting because, um, you know, the reason why certain people don't do certain moves is like a lot of conditioning that happened to them in the past with like other players, but... Like, let's say you using Dragon off of using back 4, 2, 1, and then, you know, the last hit is high, but, you know, if they block it, it's, like, plus 4, right? Right. So, it's like, alright, uh, against a good player, they might duck it and then launch you for it, but against, like, players that never seen that string or don't know how to, like, deal with that string, you know, they'll, you know, first off, they'll probably just block it, and then after that, they probably don't think it's at advantage, so they'll probably attack, and then they get hit by, like, a counter hit down forward 1, 4 or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. So it's so it's like you know it's like um against top players you know they'll probably duck it but against like weaker players that don't know the string or anything about it you know it's like another tool in your move set that you could exploit in their defense you know so it's like why why handicap yourself when you could uh, exploit this one move to get you a round or two here and there you know. You know that's exactly true and you know this doesn't just apply with Tekken if you think about just fighting games in general. Really, the point of a tournament setting is that you sit down against this other human being, and what you do is, through a video game, you test him to see what he can and can't do. And that includes what he knows and what he doesn't know. Now, of course, everyone has a different structure of how to test their opponent. But the point is that you're testing him. And, I, I mean... If yeah, I mean, like the most basic like example would be like watching fucking Daigo versus some some somebody that has a character that has an ultra that can go through his fireball, right? But then Daigo will walk up into his like range two or range three distance and just chuck fireballs in his face, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, why is any ultraing that?" It's like you know, it's kind of like the Daigo factor first off, and then second off, he's scared in the tournament setting; he doesn't want to lose. So it's like. Against, like, random scrubs, they might ultra through it all the time, but, you know, in this case, he's just scared, and, you know, he's Daigo's just exploiting that, and he's testing him himself. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, and the, I guess the one thing that I really want to emphasize to everyone who's listening to this, if you have that mentality, if you're one of those people that thinks, oh, you know, like, a, a, a gimmicky win doesn't count as a win, you know, I, I, just, I just want you guys to rethink that a little bit and think to yourselves you know if i was playing for my life you know if i was gonna die if i lost this fight would you feel that way i mean give me a fucking break dude are you gonna give up your life for for chivalry and 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 personally i think like you know when you're in playing in a tournament match you gotta you gotta consider it as your life you know i mean we're serious uh fighting game players and if you take it seriously, you know, you got to win by any means necessary. And, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about um, as far as confidence goes, um, the thing is that <laughs> it's funny because when, when you sit down against someone like Daigo or you sit down against someone like Justin Wong, what happens to a lot of people is they're, they're unable to just do things like you were saying, like uh, do an ultra through a fireball or complete a combo, or whatever, and it's like, I don't understand why anyone would be so nervous against a single human being, when the truth is, this human being, as good as they are, they're limited 
to what their character can do. So in the case of Daigo, I think uh, a, a great example of this is Ricky Ortiz at Evolution versus Ricky Ortiz at um, NorCal Regionals. Now, if you watch those two, you will clearly see a difference in how Ricky plays. Uh, at Evolution, it's very obvious that Ricky has this, oh my god, I'm playing against Daigo feel to, to his gameplay. And this is Ricky fucking Ortiz, whom I've said several times, I think, is the best American fighting game player of all time. Now, yeah, yeah. And, and Ricky Ortiz is having a Daigo Factor moment, you know? So then you go forward and look at uh, NorCal Regionals, and he plays them legit. And he plays them in a way like, okay, this is Daigo, but it's not really Daigo, it's Ryu. I mean, it's just a matter of Daigo manipulating this character. And he's limited. He's limited to what Ryu can do. So what really is there to be scared of? You know, it's like, it, there's really nothing to be scared of at all. I don't, it's kind of interesting, too, because it's, I, was, I was, you know, I was watching uh, the Matrix trilogy over again, but um, in the second movie where, you know, Neo blocks the sword with his hand and, you know, his hand starts bleeding, uh-huh. and then the guy responds like, you know, he's only just a man or some shit like that. Right. It's kind of like... It's kind of like that with uh, fighting game players, I guess, like of this high status, like Daigo or Justin Wong. It's like watching Daigo lose to Marin at Seasons Beating or watching Daigo lose to Filipino Champ at uh, SoCal Regionals or something. It's kind of like, oh, you know, this guy's just human. He's beatable. Anyone can beat him. So after, you know, some uh, they see that you could put a dent in his armor, people are like, okay, I'm just going to play him straight up now. He's just human, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really funny because... Um, I think America is slowly starting to realize that. And, you know, all you need to do is cut them down one time. That's it. Just one time. Two out of three games. One time in a tournament. And that's it. You know? And it's not something that you can't achieve. Anyone can achieve. I mean, we've seen so many upsets over the past ten years. You know, in fighting games. And, I mean... After all these upsets and after all these Matrix moments where you realize that he's just a man, I mean, why do people still get scared against opponents and not have the confidence that they can beat them in two games? Yeah, in two games. Know, that's that's the problem with the uh, the newer generation of players, especially like players that just started off with uh, Super Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Four as their first fighting game. They always have these like strange mentalities like that I don't understand. It's like, first off, they would go off uh, praising one guy, in this case, like Daigo, as a god or something, and he's like untouchable or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like, if you, you know, if he wins, it's just like, oh, you know, he's Daigo. He can't be beat or whatever. If someone beats him, it's like, oh my god, he got lucky. And then it's like, you know, everybody, you know, has to back up why he lost and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the that mentality of, uh, you know, that Daigo factor and I can't, you know, freaking ultra through his fireball and, you know, just that tournament confidence. It's like a lot of these guys have this kind of negative mentality, I think, the, especially the newer players. So. Yeah, the as far as the newer players go, um, I think there is a huge um, disadvantage. Yeah, I don't know why. Starting, there's a huge disadvantage to starting now in the timeline of fighting games in history. If you start now, you have missed these, like, 
fundamental experiences and you start at kind of a halfway point. So unless someone starts now and does some research and looks at match videos in history, which you know they won't because new players don't like anything. They don't like anything other than fucking Street Fighter 4 or whatever they're playing right now, which is very unfortunate, but it's just a huge handicap. What you're doing is you're learning how to run before you've ever walked. Yeah, you definitely. Know what walking is. They didn't even crawl yet. They're just trying to run. Exactly, and you're running. And, you know, some people may be successful with this, but it's very important to understand. See, this this goes, this is funny, because I didn't expect this um, conversation to take me to this direction, but this reminds me of my opinion of what good is. Now, some people think that good, quote-unquote, is someone who can win a hundred out of a hundred games. Someone who can sit at an arcade machine and just streak all day long and never lose. In my opinion, that is totally useless. It's like, who gives a shit if you can win a hundred games if you can't win two out of fucking three? Two out of three, it's, in my opinion, what makes you good. When there's fucking ten black guys screaming in your ear, and everyone is screaming, you know, fuck you, fuck SoCal, or fuck NorCal, or fuck Japan, or, you know, wherever you're from. Wherever you're from, when you're getting yelled at, and the, the guy next to you is talking all this shit about, oh, don't whiff, or don't fucking whatever, and, and all this stuff is happening, and you're able to pull through in that two out of three situation, that is my opinion of good. What makes you a good fighting game player? And if you if you win that two out of three, and then proceed to lose 500 games against the guy you just beat in two out of three, that still means you're better than that guy. And that's just my opinion, because in my opinion, I'm I, you know I'm a tournament player, and everything else I do, every casual game I play, every combo I practice, and everything else I do is to train for that two out of three situation. And, you know, it doesn't really even matter what happens outside of the two out of three, whether money's involved, whether we're playing for countries. You know, I've played people for hats. I had a hat match in Soul Calibur 3. I still got this dude's hat. It's one of those, like, you know, ghetto New York, like, black dude hats. It's sitting in my car. I won that hat match. But it doesn't even matter because it's all about tournament to me. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Um, I don't know. I mean, not not saying uh, that doesn't count, but um, from what I see in like the newer generation of players, is that uh, to them, what good is isn't about you know you know watching you know just freaking reading comments on a YouTube video. You know, yeah. you kind of see like how the newer generation thinks, and it's like, oh my god, Daigo's just spamming fireballs all day or some shit like that. And then it's like. Okay, is that really what he's doing? Is what about the spacing or what about you know the zoning and you know the footies and teching throws here and there and the mind games? It's like a lot of the newer players kind of look past all that and they just look for the flashy shenanigans. You know, it's just like oh my god, he had an uppercut. You know, in this situation, it's like okay, is that really all you're looking for? There's so much more to a game, you know. So yeah, well, I mean, you know, the internet will always be the internet and. You know, you can find videos of, like, the most amazing, impressive shit ever. Like, if you watch some of the comments for the Daigo full parry shit, 
they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's a scrub. And it's like, <laughs> come on. You know, what the fuck am I reading these YouTube comments for? They're such bullshit. But what I'm talking about in general is, I, what I want to know is... No, 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 no. I, I'm saying that, like, players nowadays think that... uh what good is to them is like doing combos rather than you know the whole mindset of you know. But what's good to you? What I want to know is what you think about uh, whether the guy who wins a hundred times in a row is good or whether the guy who wins in tournament is good. What's your opinion on that? Because I know many, many. In fact, probably ninety-nine percent of fighting game players would say that the true test of a good player would be. The guy who wins a first to ten, or the guy who wins a hundred games. So what I'm curious of is what you think of that. You know, I think I'm fifty-fifty on both of it, actually. So, um, you know, tournament is where all the money's at and all all that kind of stuff too. But I don't know about a first to ten either at the same time. So I'm not really quite sure on that one. Yeah, I mean, as far as personally, for me, first to like ten, first to ten is kind of like. You know, my brain just gets, like, exhausted. I'm like, Jesus, Dude, man. Like, it's a totally different skill. Yeah, it's, it's like, draining. It's, it's like, it's conditioning the first, instead of the conditioning the first, like, one or two rounds, you're conditioning, like, the first three or four games, you know? Yeah, like, dude, I'm telling you, man, playing a first to ten, when compared to a two out of three tournament situation, is like comparing, like, running and playing soccer, which also includes running. There's all these factors in a first to ten that are not apparent in a two out of three match. There's, like, long-term conditioning. There's um, endurance. There's the fact that your brain still functions after that many games. Personally, I fucking fall asleep after three games. Yeah, you start going into, like, an autopilot mode and you start doing stuff and it's like... You're so, not even I mean, thinking about the 10 anymore. It's just, uh, you're just doing it now. Exactly. And and the reason I feel the way I do about tournament um, tournament games is because that's really the only quantifiable way to kind of uh, know who is good. I mean, you're never going to say, oh, you know, Ricky Ortiz is the best American player because he got 500 wins in a row at the arcade. You're never going to say that shit. You're going to say he got second at EVO. You're going to say he won NorCal Regionals. You know, no one's ever going to say that shit. So, I mean, why wouldn't... See, that's the thing. Like, I know many people don't agree with me, but I don't know why. Because we're fighting game players, we enter tournaments, and that's what it's all about. So why do people put so much weight into just winning in casuals? It makes... And not just casuals, money matches or first to tens or hat matches or whatever. You know, trash matches, trash bag matches or whatever. So, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the people listening to this, let me know. What do you guys think? You know, do you do you guys think the two out of three counts? Or is it the hundred games in the arcade? Uh, nobody can touch him in casuals. What makes a fighting game player, quote unquote, good or elite or godlike or whatever you know uh, so let me know leave comments let me know your opinion because i know i i know many people don't agree with me and i'm curious what other people think you know it's it's it's, it's interesting too because um <clears throat> in america especially it's not like korea especially like for in tekken wise because yeah. in korea they have you know the card system they have death matches and they still have tournaments too 
And uh, what what I was talking to Nin about it, and then Nin was telling me that uh, in Korea everybody looks at uh, Ni to be the best player, right? Uh huh. But uh, he was saying that like Nin won like forty tournaments or something, while Ni's only won like six or seven here and there. And then Nin was like, but still Ni gets the most recognition over there. And it's like, why? I still won more tournaments than he did, so I, I don't see what they're basing this off of. Is it is it what are they basing the skill level off of? Is it off the um, tournament wins, or is it off the death matches, you know, or your card rank over there? So it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I do agree with him. I'll tell you this. It is way, way fucking easier to win when you're just sitting there at an arcade machine and playing for nothing versus sitting in a room with 300 people watching you and everyone is rooting against you and you know it's like it's a whole different ball game dude it's yeah. like don't even think about it you know it's like you can't compare them. so in my opinion the one who wins in tournament when he's nervous in a hostile environment is obviously better there is no question but i know people don't agree with me and this is why it's an interesting topic. Like, for example, um, Mr. Naps, who's going to be on the show later, I know for a fact that he doesn't agree with me. Like, we had this conversation when we were both in Japan, and it, it was interesting because he was very surprised that I think that a tournament win is worth more than any amount of uh, skill in a casual game or a first to ten or anything like that. And he was surprised about that, and I think many people will agree with him. And, you know, I mean, we went on a serious tangent here, but the bottom line is when we talk about tournament wins, and the, the, the reason I brought up Ch James Chen in the first place is you have to be confident that, not that you're better than the guy you're playing against, because you probably aren't, but that you can beat him in two out of three games. Yeah. And you have to structure exactly how you're going to beat him, knowing that he's better than you. This is very important. Um, w one example is <clears throat> for when you're when I was playing Arario in uh, Tekken Five DR, he was definitely better than I was. That's for sure. And I, I though I didn't beat him when I did play him in tournament, I came very very close to beating his Jack with my Dragonoff one time. And the reason I came that close is because I formulated this strategy, which if you were going to title the strategy, it would be how to beat someone better than you. And that was my goal the whole time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I know he's super good at this, this, and that. But I know he probably doesn't know about this, this, and that. And I'm going to do those three things against him until he learns about those three things. And as good as people are, very, very few people can adapt in Tekken or other fighting games in two out of three games. Very, very few. I mean, even people that are able to, like Ricky Ortiz, sometimes they can't. You know, so you have to exploit that. And that's really what I wanted to emphasize, um, you know, in this topic. Um, anyway, I mean, uh, we were going to talk about some other shit, but it looks like we uh, kind of took a while with this topic. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Mike, before we move on to Mr. Naps? Um, oh, I wanted to just give a quick little shout out to, uh, Paris up in Seattle. Um, he makes custom sticks, so if any of you guys are looking for, like, 
custom, you know, Japanese or Korean stick, especially, which are pretty hard to find. Um, head over to mkpcustoms.com, and, yeah, I mean, he makes pretty dope sticks, so check it out. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, um, yeah, I don't even, I didn't even know who this guy was, and Mike brought it to my attention, he's like, hey, you know, I wanna give this guy a quick shout out, and I was like, yo, I don't think so, fuck that, but I looked at his, uh, website, and, you know, it's not bad, it looks pretty legit, and he looks like he's got his shit together, so, yeah, if you need any cases or anything like that, uh, they're pretty hard to find, and there's only a few, few places. Yeah, yeah, stick makers that make custom sticks. So. Yeah, there's only a few places you can get them, so check them out, see, see what he's up to. Um, anyway, so yeah, if, you, if there's nothing else you have to add, uh, Mike, we can move on to Mr. Naps. Alright, that's pretty much about it. Yeah, um, other, uh, the only other thing I have to say is, you know, just keep checking back at avoidingthepuddle.com. We have a lot of content for you guys, and hopefully soon my voice will be back to normal and I can <laughs> yeah, talk like a human being again and shit, but check it out, avoidingthepuddle.com, click on shit. And uh, tell your friends. And here comes Mr. Naps. Alright everybody, I'm very pleased to welcome on not only one of the best Tekken players in the United States, but one of the best fighting game players in the United States, Mr. Naps, what's up, Jimmy? How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm very pleased to have you on here. Now, before we get things going, I want to clear a few things up with you. All right. First of all, your name is Jimmy Tran. Yeah. But you are not Vietnamese. Now, this I'm not Vietnamese. No, I'm not. Very closely related to <laughs> how much I like you. So I need. All right. What's the deal with that? How are you? How is your last name Tran, and you are not Vietnamese? Uh, it's a pretty long and complicated story, but. Basically, my my parents grew up in Vietnam, and they had to change their name from like Chen or Chan to like Tran. It's like the Vietnamese translation, and okay. yeah. All right. So I'll, that's basically. I'll allow, it. I'll allow it as long as you're not Vietnamese. It's I'm not Vietnamese. I'm Chinese. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to clear up is this is kind of confusing for some people, but in the Capcom universe, you're known as Emphy. Yeah. The Tekken universe, you're known as Mr. Naps. Yeah. Now, I want to know which one of those nicknames came first, and what uh, what do those names mean? Uh, well, technically, Empty came first, and then um, I expanded it because I was on IRC one day, and then um, I would put four letters after after my name to like represent like what I was doing at the time, okay. and I couldn't put like sleep because uh, I think it was EFNet. EFNet had a limit of like nine characters, so I put Naps. <laughs> I put Naps instead, so. It's kind of like Naps is the last name, so somebody else called me Mr. Naps. I forget who it was, and I thought that just sounded cool. Okay. So I used that Tekken, and then now I just now I just don't care about it anymore. I just want to call <laughs> Jimmy. Lazy as fuck, dude. <laughs> just call me Jimmy. <laughs> just call you Jimmy. All right, all right. Sounds good. Well, yeah. um, so you said the Emphy came first. Does that mean that you started with Capcom games? Yeah, yeah. I actually started with um. Competitively, I started with Capcom games. Uh, Third Strike was my first competitive fighting game. You know, the the interesting thing is, I mean, you're pretty well known for Tekken. You know, obviously, as like there's no one even close to being on the on your level with Brian, and let alone on your level in general. But uh, a lot of people don't even realize that you're like one of the best Urian players in the country, and you're also really good with Viper, right, in Street Fighter Four. 
Uh, well, yeah, I play those characters. I yeah. wouldn't say I'm like great, but you're such a humble guy, dude. <laughs> Give me a break. No, I, I know for a fact that you are. Uh, I actually heard of you before I met you through the Third Strike community in SoCal, and then oh, I, I started seeing you play in uh, Tekken Five. Um, and then that one Evo, I forget which Evo it was, but you did really well at an Evo, and that was kind of when everyone was like, "Oh shit, you know, we can't fuck with this guy." Uh, um, so what's the how does how does the uh, timeline go? I mean, how do, how did you start, and who taught you how to play these games? Uh, like from the very beginning. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you said you started with Third Strike, right? I mean, yeah, how did this yeah. happen? How did you get into competitive fighting games? Uh, I don't know. I was just bored one day because um, I was going to Sunnyvale Golfland about like every week. And then, um, yeah, nobody was playing Guilty Gear. I thought that game was really cool. Uh-huh. Nobody was playing that, especially since it was, like, totally outdated. It was, like, three revisions behind. <laughs> <laughs> so people were playing Third Strike. Third Strike was um, kind of picking up. Yeah. So I started playing that game. I really liked that game. I kind of just taught myself. But um, I had good, like, mentors, so to speak, that were there all the time. Okay. And then uh, everyone stopped playing Third Strike, and then Tekken 5 came out, and then Tekken 5 customizations. I thought that was really cool. Okay. Definitely wanted a card yeah. and play Tekken. And then, um, yeah, that was pretty much it for that. What's the um, reasoning, first of all, behind picking Urien in Third Strike? Uh, why did you go with that character? Uh, well, character design looks cool, and um, just he's just fun to play. I think he's really unique, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that character design looks cool because the, I totally feel that way when I play fighting games. Like, I can't stand playing a character that looks retarded. <laughs> you know, it has to look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind, I kind of agree. Dude, there's so many people that call me an idiot. They're like, "Why don't you just play a character that you'll do well with?" And I just can't stand that shit. You know, I totally relate to you uh, in, in that regard. Now, when it comes to Tekken Five. Um, you just randomly picked it up. I mean, I know Bronson uh, taught you how to play. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And and why did you decide to go with Brian? Was he your first choice? He actually was not my first choice. My first choice was Steve. And then um, I don't know. I just started learning everyone else from there on out, and I figured out that I like Brian the best. Okay, and this is in Tekken 5.0. Yeah, this is 5.0. Man, you fucked up moving away from Steve in that. <laughs> No, well, I ha- I have more fun with Brian, and I think Brian looks cooler too. So, <laughs> well, I do agree. Brian does look cooler. Um, yeah, and not that Brian is too far behind in that game. He was total horseshit in that game too. <laughs> um, so I mean, when it, when it uh, when they, you started in T five and you had no prior experience in Tekken, it was just like no, no. That, that's actually not true. I had um, I had prior experience like casually, like I already um, I already knew all the notation stuff, and I knew how to like figure out the game, but I mean, I never played it competitively, you know? I see. Okay. Interesting. Now, um, that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up. You actually are a very technical uh, player. I mean, you not only know a lot about the game, but you also are very interested in, this is one of the things I really like about you that I like, uh, one of the reasons I like talking to you so much is because not only do you know a lot about the game, but you're also always trying to learn about all aspects of the game. Like, you're always, like, you know, we're always talking about characters neither of us really even play that much. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's a really, really good attitude to have to just succeed in general in Tekken, I think. So, well, I have a lot I of... Well, any other attitude would just be lazy. That's why. Yeah, well... Like, if, if you want to be good, then you have to do all that. Yeah, it's absolutely true, absolutely true. Um, so now, moving from Tekken 5 to DR, what were your opinions of the changes in that game? I know at that point you were... 
kind of budding as a uh, competitive fighting game player in terms of Tekken. So, I mean, how did you feel about that change? Um, you mean like the technical changes, like the changes in the game? Yeah, I mean, overall, how did you feel about DR versus 5.0? Um, well, DR was more balanced, of, co- of course, by far more balanced. And then um, I'm not sure if I would say it was more fun, because, you know, broken shit's always fun. Yeah, no, it's not. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I can see why people thought it was boring, but it was a good game. It was a good game. Okay. Um, now, you've been to Japan several times. Have you been to Japan for, uh, DR? Yeah, actually, that was the, um, that was the first time I went. I went to East Coast to qualify for SBO in, in uh, 2007 for DR. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that was the first time I went. And uh, what was your experience like in Japan for DR? How did you feel like the competition was, and you know what was what was it like? The competition was good. It was, it was always fun playing, no matter what. Is um, constantly people playing, and everyone is really friendly there too. Yeah, I should remember that. That's for sure. Um, now, do you feel like um, the competition in Japan is better or worse for Tekken Six as it was? Because I know, like back then, there was the Main Street guys were really big. And, like, you know, you used to always hear about how these Main Street guys are so fucking good, but they're not really around anymore, as far as I know. Um, do you feel like the competition in DR in Japan was uh, stronger than BR? Um, no, I think they're about the same. Like, I know, like, the old players that were good back then, like, you just said, like, Main Street Ryu, like, first generation Main Street Ryu. Yeah. And even second generation, he's, like, not playing that much anymore. Yeah. But um no there are new players to like replace them. There always are, like every generation for, for at least their scene. Yeah, I hear you. Interesting. Now how many times have you been to Japan now? Um three times. Okay, three times. Yeah, I mean I, I agree with you. There there I don't have any experience of uh you know, prior to Tekken Six, the Japanese uh competition, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's really interesting there seeing how uh skilled just everyone is in general. Um now, I mentioned a little earlier that you play uh, Street Fighter 4 a little bit, and it's pretty obvious that that's, like, the most popular game, at least in America, yeah. by far. Now, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about that game in general? Um, hmm, well, I actually enjoy playing it. It's obviously not a very good game at all. It's not a very <laughs> good game at all, but I actually do enjoy playing it. I think obviously. I might... I think I just enjoy playing fighting games in general. Like, I started realizing that after, well... I liked playing SF4 when I realized I liked playing SF4. Huh. Okay, so you feel like it's not like the game is good. It's just competition. Just, Competition's fun. Yeah, see, that's that's what I always tell everybody. It, the game doesn't really have to be that good. Yeah. It just has to be played by a lot of people, you know. So I I don't know. That's interesting. Now, uh, you play Viper in Street Fighter 4, and that's like supposedly uh, the most technical an execution-heavy character in that game. And then you play Brian in uh, Tekken 6, which is also a high-execution character if you plan on winning with him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, would you say that you go towards characters that have high execution? Because I also know Yurian has some tricky uh, partitioning shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, like, kind of what you're looking for as a, uh, as a player? Actually, kind of, yeah, because um, I think it's just the most fun that way when it's really, like, hard to do certain stuff, and, like, I feel like I'm, few, I'm one of the few people that can do it, and it's it's fun to do hard combos. That's, it is. Very, that's very interesting. I mean, I, I mean, for me, personally, I can't stand that shit. <laughs> if, if, if something is very difficult to do, no matter how much I practice it, I feel like 
I won't be able to do it when I'm nervous. And if well, I can't, well, okay, I'm trying to like I'm trying to balance fun and winning. So like it has to be worth it, of course. It has to be worth it to be this technical with this character. Yeah. And I think it's really worth it with all all three of those characters that I play. Yeah, I do agree. Now, um, out of curiosity, how often for those Brian players out there that are you know really trying to get better, how, what what would you recommend? How much do they need to practice this? Uh, you know this taunt shit, and how important is it to Brian's game overall? It's well, of course, it's really important, but they they know that too. But that takes away from their focus on just like basic stuff. Yeah, just basics. Yeah, I totally. Well, they would definitely need to work on basics for sure before taunt or anything. Yeah, that that is really good advice. There's a lot of people out there that I meet that are like. You know, oh, I hit taunt jet up or like. Yeah, yeah. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Seriously. Really? I mean, you, you, what good is that if you, yeah. if you fucking play the game? You know, so that that's interesting. Um, and it's funny. You know, uh, I I don't think probably you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think many people have ever heard you speak about Tekken in general. And most people see you as like this like really like uh, mysterious kind of a uh, Tekken player. Like you never speak about Tekken. You're never really interviewed that much. And it's like, I, I feel like you have this reputation of not um, being a well-spoken guy, but it feels like you're articulating your thoughts very well. And I feel like, why the fuck aren't you, like, you know, telling people what to do more? We need people like you who know what they're talking about to kind of uh, voice their opinion. I know it's just because you're fucking lazy, but yeah, it's a deal, man. Anyway, so um, uh, on the topic of Tekken, so moving from uh, BR, I'm sorry, DR to BR, how do you feel about the changes in the game in general? Do you feel uh, how do you like the game overall? Uh, I definitely like it better. I have more fun with it, and uh, I remember playing DR randomly after you know like playing a bunch of Tekken Six, and then I remember like the moving dude. It's like we were on ice, is like, out of control. Yeah, that's. I I actually thought I missed that. I thought I missed the movement back in DR, but after playing it. And after playing Tekken 6 so much, I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's definitely... It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty bad. Or uh, it was pretty good. It was too good. Yeah. And then we were just, like, running around all day. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. So you said um, uh, Bronson taught you how to play in general. Was there anyone else that kind of was your mentor, kind of teaching you how to play Tekken? Um, well, it was mainly Bronson. But, I mean, like, everyone in NorCal. Everyone in NorCal taught me stuff. Yeah, I hear that. Bronson is definitely a good mentor to have, other than him being a dick. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, you know, he, he's a very smart guy, and he's a he's a really uh, good player. He has been for a while, so definitely, uh, it's not a it's not a wonder that you uh, ended up being as good as you are today. Now, um, you, I, I wanted to ask you about um, the MLG tournaments. Um, yeah. I've actually entered several of the MLG tournaments, uh, and I want to know what you think of those tournaments in general. Um, well, they're definitely good for the community. Like, I don't see how they can be bad. Yeah. But, hmm. There is a lot, huh? The, the, the shine is just taken away from, from from all the other games that are way more popular, and it's kind of, it, it's impossible to deal with that. What do you mean? Like, um, like all the other games that are that are at MLG, mm-hmm. like Halo and, like, Smash, they're, they're obviously more popular than Tekken. Uh, I than, see, I see. They, they don't have enough uh, recognition at the tournament is what you mean. Yeah, have. yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. Um, so in general, you you like tournaments like that. I mean, as opposed yeah. to tournaments like yeah. Strong Style, which is in your hometown. You know, like well, uh, I like those better. But I mean, okay, yeah, the MLG stuff 
I'd rather have them rather than not have them. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Interesting. Now, um, going back to the topic of Tekken 6 in general, I mean, you said you like the game overall more than Tekken 5 DR, which is kind of a semi-controversial statement. Mm-hmm. And um, some people don't agree, and some people have issues with you know rage and the length of the combos and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on those um, system-wide changes? And do you want to see them uh, progress, or do you want to see them removed in future uh, Tekkens? Um, actually, um, most people I've talked to like BR over DR. Like, I can't really think of that many people that like DR over BR. But BR system... Uh, let's see. Like, Rage. I actually like Rage. It makes it exciting. It's, that's what its entire purpose was. That's why they created it, and then it worked out just fine. But they need to tweak it, of course. They need to tweak all the stuff. Like, Rage and... Uh, the long combos I don't have a big problem with. Like, they seem to do about the same damage as DR. Yeah, and, yeah in, in many cases, they definitely do. But what before we move on from Rage, is in what way do you feel like it should be tweaked? Uh, Rage should be activated, like, I think, like, the last five points or so. Like, it should be, yeah. Really? That would yeah. be uh, almost a non-factor in a game almost. like Tekken. But, I mean, like, it would be more exciting that way, I think. Like, maybe 10 points. Like, it's because it's 20 now. Yeah. And 10 might be alright. 10 might be alright. Um, the damage increase, I think it's like 35%. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And then, uh, 20 to 25%. So, lower the damage increase. Yeah, a little bit. So, you feel overall that Rage is just too good right now? No, I wouldn't say too good. It's just, it could be better. Interesting, okay. And then you were saying about uh, combo length and the bind system. How do you yeah. think about that? I, I think it, uh, the, the bout system, I think it's great because it gives people much more versatility. Like, for example, let's say Lee. Lee ends his combo with bound and then back four. Mm-hmm. When else would you ever land a combo like with back four without that bound? That's and then it sets up like all that, all, all those Oki options. It just makes it so much better. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I say when people say they don't like the bounce system. Yeah. All it really does is creates huge forks in the road where you can be as creative as you want. And yeah, you definitely. Can do whatever you want with it. I, I totally uh, disagree with people when they say they don't like that. So um, it looks like the next uh, Tekken is going to be Tekken Tag Tournament 2. I'm not sure if it's going to come out before or after um, the cross game, the Street Fighter Cross Tekken, but... From what you've seen so far in uh, Tekken Tag 2, how do you feel about that game? I know you were standing next to me at MLG when we saw those uh, tag throws. And it was <laughs> yeah, tag throw and tag throw escapes, those are out of control. Those, those look pretty ridiculous, but <laughs> from what you've seen, I mean, I know we have limited information, but how do you feel about the way that game looks so far? Uh, it looks alright, but like you said, we do have really limited information right now. We don't have anything technical. Yeah, that's exactly true. Um... What about so it's, hard, it's hard. It's really hard to form an opinion, but it looks nice. I mean, tag throw escape that looks <laughs> sick. Yeah, that does look sick. What do you think about the the wall combo with Jin charging is unblockable? Um, depends on how they do it. I mean, like if they really want to keep that in there, they just have to scale the fuck out of it. I don't know. Or the concept of controlling two characters on the screen at the same time. I've speculated that uh, it might be a matter of holding a button down. Yeah. Control one character or that kind of a thing. I wonder if uh I mean personally I'm not very good at doing fast t- 
types of uh, combos, like in like um, Marvel types of combos, I'm really shitty at that, and I'm kind of worried that the game may end up being that type of a game because you have to control two characters at the same time. Uh, would you prefer to get to that level where you have to hit like 75 buttons to complete one? <laughs> or uh, I mean, what do you think? Personally, I would, but of course that would not be good for the community because not everyone wants to do that shit. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I'm I'm open-minded, but a lot of Tekken players aren't, you know. So, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm really hoping um, uh, that the next game is user-friendly and and yeah. good in in multiple ways. But but they still keep it Tekken. Like I, I know how Tekken Six was really user. They made it as user-friendly as possible, but they still kept it Tekken. Yeah, like, that's what I liked about it for sure. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you. Um, and on the topic of Tekken 6, you know, uh, I'd like to get into that game a little bit with you. Uh, since you're so knowledgeable uh, about the game overall, um, I ask everyone this, and when I asked you who you think the top five characters in the game are, yeah. you said that you think Brian is not even close to top five. You think he's No, no, one. I didn't say that. <laughs> you said he's closer to top ten. Well, well, he's he's do- he's obviously top ten, for sure, for sure. Well, but, I mean, like... Oh, you said he's, like, eighth... In your opinion? How long ago did you ask me this? It was, uh, I'm asking you right now. Let's get okay. a new opinion. Okay, easy enough. Um, number, I think I have an order, too, for top five. Man, I have an man, order. I like that. Let's hear it. All right, number one is Lars. Okay. Yeah, number one is Lars. And then two, two really close behind, really, really close, is Law. Okay, now let me, let me stop you there. Usually I don't stop people in the middle, but I know you have a lot to say about why. So let's start with Lars. Why do you think he's the top character in the game? He has no problems whatsoever. Like he has, he's got the damage, he's got the range, he's got the block punishment, he's got fucking random moves to throw out. It's yeah, he does. <laughs> and um, one two that tracks. One two that tracks is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I do agree. Um, people may argue that he doesn't have great lows. What's your uh, rebuttal to that? Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, I agree. That's I agree. My rebuttal. I didn't say I would argue, because <laughs> I think that's preposterous. I think he has very good lows. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. I mean, also his backdash is larger than most characters. And, yeah, that's uh, it. He's just, I think, the perfect character. And on top of that, the lows, the low thing, mm-hmm. I think what Lars players, or anyone that complains about his lows, they're looking for generic lows. Like, well, he has down four, but I mean, like, generic lows. And he has he has specialized lows, like... um. Con- he has, he doesn't have conventional lows, but his lows, the lows he does have are, if you use them right, then, then yeah, they're, they're good for sure. They definitely have many uses, and some of them are unique, yeah. very unique. You know yeah. that uh, four four three plus four. I mean, that's a really unique low, and also a yeah. uh, good low from full crouch is very good, and. His four 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 three, in my opinion, is too fucking good. <laughs> I think that move is super good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, with but, um, the, the slide, oh yeah, the the slide. You, huh? Glad you mentioned the slide. Yeah. It's it's just further. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. The slide, like um, how I was talking about how he's a perfect character. Uh huh. Well, people found out that if you tech and then you block slides in yeah. this game, anything that moves you forward, yeah. you go like totally past them, and then, like, Lars, of course, has it, because he has everything, like I said. <laughs> even that. Even something small like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I've seen that uh, several times. 
And I agree, it's really, really good. Um, now moving on to, uh, so you feel like Lars has no weaknesses? Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Um, what about uh, Law? You mentioned Law is Law. second best. And why yeah. do you think that? Well, he has almost no weakness. I think his only weakness really is just lack of long range, long range punish. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not sure if you can do much about that. Just settle for back to two. And um, everything else is like really good, like block punishment and of course, he has that parry that makes him really unique. He takes he takes pretty good control of the game overall. Like it's hard to really approach him. I agree. Interesting. And who was third on your list? Third would probably be Bruce. And then now, um, uh, for Bruce, I, that's kind of interesting to me. Now, in my opinion, I feel like Bruce is a little bit too simple to be top five. Because I feel like once you've played one top-level Bruce, you've played them all. There's no yeah. uh, nothing really unique with him that you could do. Um, you don't feel like that hurts him enough. He's just too much of a powerhouse to not. I, ha- I, th- I think he has enough to do. I think he has enough to do. Like, it, I know it's really hard to like differentiate between different top Bruces or yeah. different Bruces like in general, really. But he's he's too good. <laughs> <laughs> too good, huh? Okay. He's too good. Yeah, his punishment is definitely really good. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like his 10? His yeah. 10 is ridiculous. Yeah, it's retarded. Um, before we move on, I want to ask you, because I was going to say that Bruce has a generic hop kick, and mm-hmm. I personally think that hop kicks are the best tool that you could have in the game. Now, what I mean by kicks is a move that's around 20 frames or less, that low crushes, um, and it gives a full combo. What is your thought on that statement? Um... On it being, like, the best tool in the game? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's one of the best tools. I wouldn't say the best tool, but it's, it's definitely nice to have. And I'm talking about in terms of, <coughs> like, in a tournament situation, the best tool you can have is the close-your-eyes hop kick. That's my opinion. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I think, uh, um, you know, Law and some of these other top characters are so good. They have just great hop kicks. Law has, like, two delayed hop kicks that are, like, different. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's just retarded. Anyway, moving on. You, uh, your fourth best character. Uh, Steve. Okay. Comments on the character. Uh, comments on the character. I mean, okay. Well, everyone always talks about his block punishment and that how that's his only weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much is. But um, actually, I, I don't like how Steve players complain about the the lack of uh launch block punishment, but. Forget about their basic punishment. Like one one two while saying one two, that's all you need. Well for, for everything before before launch. This is like, this is a very peculiar topic to me because I feel like a fifteen frame launcher is really important, both from standing and from crouch. But I do agree with you that Steve is one of the top five characters in the game. But what I don't understand is how he could be top five and not have those key tools. You know, I don't get that. I mean if he had those tools, he would easily be the best character in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing keeping him fair. Yeah, know? pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, that character is fucking cheap. It tends but to you think about his basic block punishment, too. It's, it's like some, some characters would kill for that while saying 1-2, even up to like 13 or 14. Yeah, that's definitely true. And um, just not, not to mention, forget block punishing, I mean, that down forward 2 is so... <laughs> Yeah, 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 it is. And we're not we're not even talking about the dreaded 
Cynic's nightmare back one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him yeah. back one is just like, I don't even want to talk about that. That's yeah. kind of like, you know. He's, he's top five for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's just leave it at that. Um, okay, so let's move on to fifth place. Fifth, fifth. this is the thing. I'm not quite sure about fifth. It's either Bob or Brian. Interesting. Okay, so in recent history, you've moved Brian up. Now, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to Brian in a second, but let's talk about Bob. Uh, what's your reasoning there? My reasoning there? Yeah. Uh, well, all the the reasoning everyone knows, like his his range, his, his damage, his block punishment's good, except for obviously the lack of... 15 standing. Yeah, that's another thing that if he had that... <coughs> yeah, if he had that. Uh, Jab yeah. is the longest in the game, and most people... Uh, yeah, you, you can control entire games with just just his jab. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you don't feel like Bob's tracking is a major issue? No, it's not that major. I mean, like, he has options for, for both yeah, sides. Yeah, true. That is definitely true. I mean, it it's... If you had to pick a weakness, I'd say that's it. But it's definitely not a huge weakness that he can't. I don't really like his movement either, like his back dash. Really, you like it's per- small? personally. That's just me. Like, because um, I'm used to like normal characters, like Brian, and other characters. Interesting. You know, let me tell you something I tested a while ago. Um, I tested Falling Leaf, Paul's Falling Leaf, yeah, to partial hit, and Bob is one of the only characters that can back dash out of it. Oh, really? Yeah, but other characters that have a bigger backdash than he does cannot backdash out of it. Mm. Now, well, I mean, that's what well, Falling Leaf starts with a low. I'm th- I think it's just body shape, really. Like that, That's what I was going to get to. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Bob has a hand that's sticking out in front. That hand, though it looks like it can be hit, it's totally invincible. So yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing that he has going for him in terms of backdash. But, yeah, his general movement... He doesn't look like he goes anywhere. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't really like it. Huh. Interesting. Now let's go to the, you know, the bread and butter, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that character in general? Um, he's a solid character. He's one of the most solid characters in the game, but um, hmm. in terms of weaknesses, let's he's, there, yeah. he's uh, lanky. He's slow. Like, whenever he whiffs, he dies, basically, besides orbital heal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, interesting. Now, is, do you feel like this character should be played more defensively? Because it seems yeah. like I would say that you're a pretty defensive player. You react more than you act, yeah. and some of the best Brian's I've ever seen play that way. So you think that's how he should be played? I, I definitely think that's how he should play, be played because he he's slow. He plays kind of like a tank. Like you can't really like barrage people with moves, because they're just going to, like, counter-hit you out of it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I hadn't played Brian since maybe, like, DR or something, and I picked him up the other day, and man, you, you if, if I was going to use a word to describe him, it feels lanky. Compared yeah, yeah. to other characters, and it, it definitely feels like it takes getting used to, but let me tell you, fuck Orbital Heal, dude. That move <laughs> is such horse shit. That move is horse shit. It, it just beats yeah. abs, it beat and and I know you. I was asking you about it the other day. You just do the straight up version, just to yeah. hit people, yeah, for no reason. You totally don't deserve that yeah. shit. You didn't anticipate anything. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, I do anticipate. I do anticipate. I do space out, like clipping the jab. That is my intention. Yeah. Well, what I mean is, you didn't anticipate a crush. You're not using. Oh yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is I'll such bullshit, dude. I I do not understand the logic to that move. And it's safe and everything, so I I really think that's one of the best moves in the game. Um, now, moving on uh, with that character, everyone always talks about it. Taunt fucking this, taunt jet upper, yeah, yeah. taunt one plus two, whatever. How important do you feel that um, taunt is once you have gotten the game down, once you know Brian? I mean, how important is taunt in general and taunt jet upper? Mm, taunt in general. Taunt in general is really important, but the thing is, I think it's really important up to four two one four. Like even I think I think even top back four is is kind of somewhat pushing it in terms of practicality. Really? Why? But, mm, well, I mean, especially in a tournament situation, it's literally a one frame window, and yeah. hitting just frames when you really need it. I don't know. It's it's hard. I like how you're like inadvertently sucking your own dick because <laughs> no, I miss it. Do I miss it all the time? It's not even just me. Well, yeah, okay, you miss it all the time, I wouldn't say that, because, I mean, I personally have played you several times, and I'm always scared of that shit. I mean, it's like, you know, you, the thing about Brian, I feel, is the best way to play that character is by reputation. I feel like, <laughs> Brian, this is, a, this is an interesting uh, topic. Yeah, yeah. Like, the best way to play Brian is by reputation. If your opponent knows that you can do that shit, you automatically are way more dangerous, even if you don't do it. Actually, I, I kind of, in certain situations, I think the opposite. Like, if I'm playing some random, like, Brian Scrub, dude, I'm going to tech at the wall every time. Well, yeah. But if uh, I'm proven wrong, dude, that's, like, the round. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, it, it's, it's difficult to formulate a strategy against a Brian player like you because I know you always may do it. Like, you're going to try it because you know you can do it. And that, that confidence in you is very dangerous uh, as a defender in terms of when I play you. So, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how often you actually have to do it for it to actually be helping you, you know, which is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's, it's just a scary notion to have it there. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, it is. But, I mean, just don't tech. <laughs> yeah, dude. Take the ground hit, tech off of it. That's all. That's such horseshit, dude. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Um, now, who are some of the Brian players out there who you think are really good and who you admire? Uh, well, definitely me, of course. Everyone knows me. And then, uh, let's see, other ones like Boxy. I like Boxy, the best Brian in East Japan. Okay. I definitely like Boxy. I only like their two styles, but everyone else, every other Brian style, I don't really like. Mm -hmm. Like, I could, I could kind of see, like what they're what they're doing, what they're planning, but it looks kind of ugly to me. You so you think Nii's um, style is entertaining to watch in terms yeah. of I mean because he he really uh, especially compared to you he really um, uses a very limited amount of moves he just does what's good and spaces and uses defense um, and some may say that that's not uh, as entertaining to watch I mean there is a lot going on psychologically of course but how do you feel about his play style in general and him restricting his move list like that. Well, it's not so much his move list. Like, those people aren't looking at, you know, just him playing Tekken. Like, his movement. His movement is yeah. amazing. Yeah. But I, but I mean, what I'm saying is, you yourself play a much more versatile Brian, from my observation, uh, than me. Uh, he, he, he limits himself in terms of his choices of options. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think he actually uses everything... I, 
Well, not everything, but obviously, because if he used everything at the right moment, he would win all the time. Yeah, of so, course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he uses moves at, like, key moments that I think were really smart and not not necessarily the same moves all the time. I don't think that's true. Huh, interesting. I mean, he's definitely smart. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. And yeah. He's definitely, he definitely knows what he's doing. His movements is crisp and everything. But I just feel like when I watch you play, you're more willing to try uh, different things than he is. Um, maybe this was just the way he played against me, but I felt like he he's just looking for the key moments to use key moves. Rather yeah. than when I play you, you're much more willing to uh, try more dynamic types of strategies. You don't mm-hmm. feel that way about me? I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, on the topic of Korean players, uh, we've had a bunch of Korean players here over yeah. the last few months, and we've got a lot of exposure to them. How do you feel about who the, what the pecking order is based on the ones that have come to America? Hmm. Well, well, I think Ni is the most skilled, but but Nin is the most effective. Interesting. Which is why we see him win way more. Yeah. So you could kind of say Nin is better, or the best, basically. Okay, okay. And then uh, how about the rest of them? Uh, the rest of them, Holman, I'm not sure... Not sure about Holman. I don't know what he's doing wrong. Like why he's not winning as much as I think he should. But I heard that he actually kind of quit Tekken and started. Uh, playing I actually, yeah, I actually talked to him about that. He says that's not entirely true. Yeah, that means it's true. <laughs> Dude, I mean, what WoW player really admits to playing WoW? Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, come on, let's be honest. That transcends all countries. You know <laughs> that's the case because you know he's, you're going to talk shit to him if he. If he says, yeah, yeah, I quit, quit Tekken for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know no one's going to say that. <laughs> you know, the thing is that a lot of people um, who, a lot of people forget about Rain and Tongball Love. Yeah. Because it's yeah. already becoming like a while ago since they've been here. But how do you feel about those guys? Uh, I think Tongball Love is really good. Really, really good. Uh, Rain, Rain needs to pick a character. Like, he yeah. plays too many characters. He's got that Bab syndrome. <laughs> yeah, it's going around, huh? Yeah. Uh, I I totally agree. He seems to think that that's a great idea, right? I mean, he yeah. thinks that counterpicking is a great idea in Tekken. And I do not understand where he got that. I totally disagree. What do you think about that? Uh, Well, I can, say, I can obviously see where he's coming from. Some, some matchups are obviously easier than others. But Tekken's just not that type of game. Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that at all. Like, your character is versatile enough. All, all 40 characters are versatile enough to, to deal with any matchup. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I completely agree with you on that one. Um, now, I, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is your performance in general, when I'm observing your performance in the last few months, I feel like you're really hot and cold. Like, some, yeah. some tournaments you're just, like, unstoppable, and then some tournaments you don't do as well. And I'm curious as to why you think that's the case. Because, personally, I don't know if I've told you this, but I have told other people this. I think that you're the best American Tekken player uh, that, that that's out there right now. I think you're better than Bronson, and I think you're better than all the other uh, uh, players in, in on the East Coast and all the other players. But I don't think you're as consistent at, cons- consistent as many of them. What's the reasoning for that? Are you just lazy or what? Um, different factors, like certain, certain times I'm like, I'm swamped with work at that time, or I, I don't get as much like sleep or just every excuse you can think of pretty much. Uh, so there's no <laughs> lack like, of practice. 
the lack of practice. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So so your drive to practice isn't um, there or what? It's it's definitely not as strong as it used to be because because of the scene and how it's like dying basically. Like Bronson was gone for like the past several months. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's everyone's that's been busy. Interesting. And so um, another thing I wanted to ask you is, in the next few months, there's a couple of tournaments coming up. Are you planning on going to any of them? As of right now, I can't say I have any plans of going to them. I'm not saying I, I'm not going to go to them, but I have currently no plans. Are you coming down to SoCal for West Coast Warzone? Um, honestly, I don't even know when that is. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Well, I think it's like in... Two or three weeks or something. Uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, it's coming up. But um, yeah. Maybe. So so we can't. We're not gonna be uh, seeing you on any streams or anything anytime soon, huh? Maybe. Like like I said, I have no plans currently. I'm, that's that doesn't mean I'm not going to go. But yeah. I don't know. It's not into it as much. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I mean, everyone takes breaks, but you better get your shit together, dude. <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat, dude. Mortal Kombat. Shit to you, dude. I can't wait <laughs> to fuck you up in Mortal Kombat. I really hope that's actually a good game, oh, dude. Oh, dude, I, I'm telling you, I just I just put out a post on the website about how I hope this shit turns out to be good. Yeah. I can't wait for this game. Um, but I mean, are you uh, optimistic about that game? You're, are you gonna? I've, I've been pretty op- optimistic about like all the new games that are about to come out, like yeah. Marvel Three and and Mar- Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it seems like you have a really good attitude overall when it comes to that type of thing. I, I think um, that's part of the reason why you and I get along so well. It's just because we see eye to eye on just yeah. hating. We hate on the correct <laughs> things and not yeah. without knowledge, you know? We're educated haters. Educated haters. Yeah, like. Exactly. Now, uh, are you uh, planning on possibly playing Shang Tsung? Oh, my God. You know how much shit I would get if I didn't? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. No, no, I would have I would have played him anyway. I think he's badass, but I mean... Yeah. He's been one of my favorite characters, too. I might have to mirror yeah. your ass in that shit. <laughs> and and you, did you hear that recently they uh, leaked uh, that he's in the game? In yeah, the game. yeah. I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, that shit is going to be hype, dude. I can't yeah. wait for that. I really hope it's a good game, man, because yeah. it's not looking good. You know, <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have a lot of um, hope. When it comes to it being a good game, because you know a lot of factors, but I really hope it's a good game, and I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Yeah. Now, uh, to seal the deal here on this interview, it's a tradition. You gotta talk shit to someone, call someone a bitch. Who are you gonna call? Uh, shit? Let's see. I'm gonna have to call Master Bolo a bitch. Okay. All right. I'm listening. Yeah. Because um, he's never been around. He's never been around, and he has so much potential. I I, I always tell everyone, no one really believes me, but. I think he has so much potential as a Tekken player. Like, he hardly ever plays, but he keeps up with, like, all this shit, and... Okay. He could be so much better. Let me stop you. I don't usually do this, but I'm gonna call someone a bitch. Okay. I'm gonna call Master Bolo a bitch. All right. And the reason... I like that. The reason I'm gonna call him a bitch... I've never agreed more with (laughs) someone calling someone else a bitch, but he is so good. That guy is hands down the best Fang player I've seen. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know what? He doesn't. He hardly even plays. He could be that much better. That's yeah. what I hate. That's what I hate about that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The best American Fang player I've seen and played, and he doesn't play. I don't even know how to contact that Fang. <laughs> What's the deal? Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know. He's been really busy with life stuff. No, no excuses, dude. Divorce, quit your job, let's get on this shit. Yeah. So, I agree with you. Anyone else? I'm going to give you the opportunity to call someone else a bitch, because I want you to call Rip a bitch. 
<laughs> no, I have no reason to call him a bitch. Come on, dude. Call him a bitch for me. All right. I'll call Rip the bitch. <laughs> Especially for losing to me like 3-0. Oh, I love that shit. Yeah. I yeah. love that shit. Excellent. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to have him back on the podcast so that he can right. never reply to you. I'm going to be pissed. No, I'm just kidding. I may have him on. But um, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. I know you're lazy as fuck. Yeah, I know. I know it took you a really long time to get me on here, but no. But hey, it, no, it's worth the wait, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. You're one of the most respected uh, Tekken players out there, and in my opinion, you're top of the line. It doesn't get better than you in America. That's just my opinion. Um, and I, I again, I really appreciate you coming on. And hopefully, in the future, when we get these new games out. Specifically, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I could I could t- have you back on here. And we could talk. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, thank you, man. Uh, I I thank really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, please make sure you check back to avoidingthepuddle.com. We're gonna have all kinds of uh, updates and you know podcasts and all that gay stuff. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>